Hello, everybody. Before we get to the next episode, I'd just like to give you a little disclaimer. I was recording this on Skype, and it cut in and out once or twice, but the overall product is still quality and has a lot of good points that I'd like to share with you guys. I'm really excited. So without further ado, here we go. Hello and welcome to the VanCast. I'm your host, Graham Eels, and today we are with Jack. Jack, buddy, how you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me, man. So what sort of setting are you at right now? You're just relaxing, enjoying yourself? Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm uh, sitting at Jericho Beach um, in Vancouver, and it's beautiful. Yeah, it's yeah. like a bit of an overcast day, but uh, like nonetheless, it's it's gorgeous here. Yeah, I'm I'm sitting in my dungeon in my basement because you know my family's very loud, so I need somewhere where I can keep it quiet. Um, but I do wish I was out there with you. But what can you do, right? Exactly, man. Yeah. You live close to the beach. Uh, I live fairly close to everywhere. I'm very central in Vancouver, around Oak and King Ed. Um, so it doesn't take me very long to get anywhere I need to go. So today we are talking about something very interesting, something very cool. We're going to be talking about uh, philocybin, um, uh, magic mushrooms, some people may call call it uh, a part of magic mushrooms, and how it is benefiting in the health industry. So Jack, how did you first of all get um curious or get uh intrigued by this sort of chemical yeah um (laughs) that's an interesting place to start i would say it's kind of evolved like i uh in high school i tried mushrooms for the first time and uh like it was just this otherworldly experience where i was in a super secluded place um i was with people who i really trusted and we we're out in nature and like I, yeah it was totally like it was otherworldly and, and you know this is sort of a, um, you know you hear this a lot but it was just it really opened my eyes like it changed the way i looked at the world because it was like okay cool like it can be something different than than what i'm used to so anyways, yeah, that was like a super powerful experience. And then uh, since then, I mean, it's probably been like eight or 10 years and I've tried a, a number of different drugs. Um, and like, interestingly, mushrooms seem to be the one that I keep coming back to. And uh, yeah, like, like they're just they're, they're, one of the most powerful things for me about mushrooms is that they have this really cathartic effect on you so it's like a mental reset that you get after you've taken them especially when you have a really good trip Um, you're just in this like super beautiful place and usually you carry an afterglow with you over the next couple of days or even weeks if it's a strong enough trip Um, it's almost it's almost like uh your stress and anxiety and all these things that have been kind of clogging you up get released and you feel like you can take on another 10, 20 years of whatever life is putting at you or bringing forth. Absolutely. That's a really good way to put it. It's like uh, it's someone used the term defragging. Like when you defrag a computer, 
I don't know if people do that anymore, but I used to. Um, it's doing that for your mind. And also what's super cool is the mushroom itself, it's survived through ice ages. It's survived, like, it's adapted. It's an incredibly intelligent fungus. Like, it's crazy how it's, it's survived for so long. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm definitely not a mushroom expert, but uh, there's, there's so much interesting research out there that explains, like, how intelligent mushrooms and mycelium are. Um, so, like, the mushroom is essentially the fruiting body of the organism, and the mycelium are the underground networks that uh, connect them. And so, like, you can have miles of mycelium that are all one organism that are basically helping the ecosystem around it to communicate, um, which is, like, pretty unreal. Like, it's like a, an internet network within the ground that's organic. That is so cool. So how exactly is it used to help people um, medically? So there, there are a couple ways that um, this is being done. And a lot of it is still in clinical research. So there's clinical trials being conducted by, let's say, like, if I had to guess, at least 30 clinical trials involving psilocybin are going on right now. And like, there's three stages of clinical trials, um, which is like, and even preclinical. Um, but basically th there's like a lot of different steps and it costs a ton of money to commercialize it. Um, and this is really like the industry, like companies trying to bring what, um, I guess like ancient cultures have known for thousands of years, which is that, well, and there's no one way to put it, but um, the mushroom is a window into your mind and um, for a lot of people into the universe. Like it allows you to step back from the typical frameworks of how you see the world um, and recalibrate. And if you have a powerful enough experience, it allows you to completely detach from your ego um, and see the world from this sort of like third party perspective that's hard to describe. And it's I mean, like a, it's like an out of body sort of third person experience. I, yeah, yeah. And that's what it is for some people. I mean, for others, like you, you know, you take like a huge dose of mushrooms, not that I'm recommending this, um, but some people, you know, they take this heroic dose, they lie on their bed and they, put a blindfold on and basically just go into like an astral universe that has nothing to do with them in their current reality. Um, so that's pretty transformative. And then add a, a bit more of like, a, well, I guess another way to put this is like you, people can do this on their own. Um, I'm not saying that they should, especially because mushrooms are illegal in a lot of places. Um, but if they're able to, you know, it, it's, uh, yeah, it can be absolutely transformative. And you see basically that exact same thing with this like lying down, blindfold on in a very safe and comfortable place and position um, with late stage cancer patients. So this is something that's been going on in the States for um, like a couple of years. They've been doing this research to, to show that, let's say like a lot of the people who get cancer, um, especially like 
terminal cancer where you know you're going to die, they take mushrooms in a guided setting and are able to basically like detach from a lot of the fear that they have around dying and um, like basically conquer that anxiety and like accept their position. And so I think it was like two months ago or something, the Canadian government allowed for um, for four of these patients to receive psilocybin as a treatment for end-of-life anxiety. So um, we're a little bit behind in that sense from the United States and the research that's going on there. But like between the two countries and then um, there's a couple other places like the Netherlands would be a really good example um, and England. Uh, yeah, like there's a lot of really powerful research going on. I was Not listening to a podcast with uh joe rogan i think it's graham hancock i may have his name incorrect um but he was talking about how even in ancient egyptian times dating back um they're finding more evidence that they used like great scholars would would use um like dmt or psilocybin or these chemicals and it would help them not only accept um, the reality of death, but also kind of view it in a new perspective. Like, for example, uh, it may not be you actually die. It may be your soul moves on, or uh, it may be that uh, this life is more of a test uh, to see what you would do for humanity uh, to help you uh, kind of work harder or strive for the capabilities that you have. Um, and I think it is important for everyone because there's this big fear of of dying and it, it causes an insane amount of anxiety. Like, well, well, like what what well, who am I? You know, what what have I done? What happens if I die tomorrow and I haven't accomplished anything, right? And it may not be that this is the end. It may be that you travel along because this unexplained consciousness travels along, finds another body, or or goes into another universe. Who knows, right? And the the there's just enough um, science behind knowing how we're gonna die to have the theory of you're just dead, as there is for anything else. Because we really don't know what happens because no one survived it, right? So you can almost kind of in the trip, right? You can almost kind of decide for yourself or experience for yourself what you really think life is and what it's for. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, like absolutely. And I mean, you talked about DMT. I think uh, that is easily like one of the most powerful common psychedelics that yeah, like you hear stories like Tyson has a really, really good one. I changed everything and I became so much happier. And um, yeah, like so there's a ton of cool stories like that. And then I tapping into something you were talking about earlier, um, being like sort of part of the universe and understanding and accepting what a lot of psychedelics really allow us to do. Um, especially once you get into like a little bit like a medium or a little bit higher dose is to experience ego death, which is like literal detachment from the self, um, from the, yeah, like the ego. 
And what that allows us to realize is that like we are a very small and insignificant part of this enormous thing. And like sure you can watch these like cool videos that are like just look how small and to see that through a psychedelic experience is something that's totally different. Um, so yeah, like like it's it's quite cool. Uh, I haven't experienced ego death myself. I've yeah, I've heard it's a pretty incredible thing. I found um, with my uh, psychedelic experience that I had, um, I kind of realized that it really, like, uh, it may be your ego, it may be my super ego or or something in the in in the mind, but I realized that it's like uh, I was doing a lot of things to basically feed the ego but also the ego is kind of what i what i want other people to perceive me as or to see see me as um and that really doesn't matter what matters is what i perceive myself as and focus more on how i see myself and not how i want other people to see me right yeah yeah it's pretty uh it's pretty good for that it's like quite a humbling experience a lot of the time um, yeah it's it's very humbling um but just like anything right you do need to be careful because if if you take too much uh and if you may be in the wrong setting because setting is very important right um, if you're in a bad uh, negative setting or you have people poking at you or making fun of you while you're tripping, it can be dangerous uh, and it can cause you to have a bad trip. So the the very important thing is to make sure you're in a good environment with people that you trust. Yeah, yeah, like 110%. Um, the phrase set and setting was initially coined um, and popularized by Timothy Leary, who... Um, was like one of the key figures in the psychedelics movement in the 60s and 70s in America. And like a lot of people hate him or hated him because he was the one who was out there screaming like, uh, tune, turn on, tune in and drop out, which was this, you know, the phrase of like, screw society, like go, go do your own thing, like fuck American politics, etc. Um, it was at the same time as the Viet overlap with the Vietnam War. So it's interesting because this guy who was like, a notable figure and basically like gave, gave all this bad press or like attention to the psychedelics movement um, while there was a lot of clinical research going on he also had these really good impacts which was like okay let's teach people about set and setting um, and so yeah it's just interesting because it's, it's hard to say that someone's like polarized bad or good yes very very true um so what what are some instances that you've seen where uh, this has helped um, medically, not just with cancer, but maybe with depression or anxiety? Um, so there's a few uh, basically like clinical trials being conducted by companies or non-for-profit organizations in the States. Um, one... There's, yeah, there's a couple really big organizations who people can look into if they're interested. Um, one of them is MAPS, which is a Canadian organization called Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. 
and they've been conducting a lot of research into um, healing post-traumatic stress disorder with MDMA. And then, and this is like working super well. Um, so that's one organization. I'll talk a little bit about that. I can talk about that after. But another is um, Compass Pathways, who have been focusing on depression. I'm not sure if it's treatment-resistant depression or, or major depressive disorder. But basically, um, what they've shown is, because both have been approved uh, for what's called breakthrough um, status by the FDA, which is the Food and Drug Administration, who, like, it's like Health Canada for the states. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they've shown that people with, like, really serious depression, where they're, like, you've been given multiple different treatments, like Prozac or whatever, like SSRI or different, like, antidepressant medication, they're not working for these people. And after, like, five or so treatments, you get declared as someone with treatment-resistant depression. And I don't know the percentages. You'd have to look it up. But, like, it's pretty astounding how people go through all these treatments. They don't work. They do, like, one or two or three high-dose psilocybin sessions with, as we said, proper set and setting and a guide who's, like, a, a medically trained um, therapist who knows how to work with this stuff. And, like, it doesn't completely cure everything, but it gives it, like, a substantial improvement to these people's quality of life and reduces their symptoms. So, yeah. Uh, just like insanely cool stuff. Yeah, and and to kind of stray off a little bit here, um, when you think back to let's say tobacco companies, right? Um, they they were the ones that were paying for the uh, tests to be done, that were paying for all these um, th uh, things to be done to figure out if the drug is uh, good or bad, and and. It used to be that smoking, they would say, smoking's good for you. Look at all these, look at all these tests we did. Uh, we, we had a hypothesis and guess what? It actually makes you better. It actually makes you healthier. So a large factor is the, the big pharma companies. They are the ones investing to test uh, these drugs. And um, they may see... Uh, psilocybin at first, right, as a little bit of a threat because they say, well, if 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 it just takes a couple doses and and they're getting ten times better results than them chronically taking our pill and then getting need more and more and more and it not really helping and becoming more and more addicted to it, right? It's um they're going to be losing money. Uh, so same with you saw it with marijuana um, and CBD, right? It was demonized for so long and that it took. It took so much time for people to finally just accept it and actually study it. Uh, so I think what's fascinating is we've finally come into a time where people are willing to accept it to the point that we're going to test it and we're going to figure out if it's if it's good and and it's it's steamrolling. You can see a lot of a lot of companies are finally being like, you know what, this is something that is worth putting money into and. It's 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 amazing to see the way we have progressed over time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like, there's always going to be resistance, no, you know, no matter what it is. But uh, it th the reason that psychedelics are such a threat to pharmaceutical companies um, or to a lot of them who are focused on mental health is basically when you take. I mean, you might already know this, but for people listening uh, who don't. When you take an SSRI or an antidepressant, um, 
you are essentially putting a Band-Aid on uh, like a deep wound that is often a result of trauma that you've experienced. And this isn't the case for everyone, um, but like there's, there's quite a bit of research that suggests that uh, most mental health problems are caused by trauma that we don't resolve, um, you know, and that causes us to feel depressed or to relive it through something like post-traumatic stress disorder. And when you have uh, your typical antidepressant, you're basically taking it on an ongoing basis to reduce the severity of your symptoms. And like that can be a lifetime of taking different ones and trying new ones. Um, and a lot of them, like over time, they affect how our brains work. And so we start to adapt to them. Uh, and it's, yeah, it's just like not a good solution. It's, and, it's not, it's not a cure. It just, it just basically helps you sustain. It's like, it's like with, um, it's like where you take, I don't know if you take cholesterol pills or something for, for high blood pressure or, and then you just go eat more burgers, right? You're not actually solving the issue. You're just basically allowing yourself to survive a little longer with the issue still being there. Um, but the main thing is, right, if, if it cures it, then they don't need to keep buying it and you don't make more money off them, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a, a psychedelic is sort of like, a, as I said, a window into the mind. And so rather than putting a Band-Aid on it, you're like opening up that wound, which to be fair is like, it can be an incredibly difficult thing to do um, to, you know, to like look at these powerful and negative experiences that we've had and, and like come to accept them or like re reframe our perspective on them. Um, but yeah, like you could have this treatment, let's say like six times or three times. And then you're like, okay, I'm not perfectly healed. Some people will be, but like, there's a good chance you're going to be in a much better position where you're then able to manage your own mental health without taking, um, an antidepressant or something like it on an ongoing basis. Uh, a, a major extreme example is kind of like a ayahuasca where you may have someone that is heavily addicted to heroin or another sort of drug and they've gone i've seen cases like it's it's just here and there it's not exact but and they they do this ayahuasca trip they're puking their guts out they're crying they're 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 defecating they're doing all these things and then at the end it's like they've released all of that whatever was holding them back and and they no longer need the drug and it's actually fascinating and it's and it's like for some people it works you know some people it may not but the fact that one one experience can change their entire life is is incredible yeah yeah absolutely um and and this might be a good segue into integration so uh essentially like to put it simply um Integration is taking your altered states and turning them into altered traits so that you don't just have the experience, feel good, and then leave it behind. You take the best parts of it and bring them with you and integrate them into who you are on an ongoing basis so that you're like sustaining the change that the psychedelics. Uh, give, give me a little bit of an example, if you will. Um, let's say that someone had an abused parent um and every time they like think about their parent or talk to them they feel this like anxiety within them 
they take yeah. a psychedelic and then uh, they have this like let's say guided experience where they basically realize how much this has been disturbing them and that like it all kind of rooted from um, you know like one or two incidents when they were younger with that parent and they they come to say like oh wow like this is um, that like this you know I can have empathy for this person because I realized that they still loved me and they just like couldn't control themselves. And so you have this powerful realization and then you come out of the experience and you're like, okay, cool. Like now I see why my parent is, you know, did that. Um, and I can, I can then like take that and bring it into the world. But the integration is taking that and like actually living it. So that might be something like, you know, having to like actually have a conversation with that person about it or not like falling back into old habits of feeling scared or blaming themselves or blaming that person. Um, or, or also when uh, something may happen that may trigger those feelings, they now understand why they're having those feelings and therefore can redirect the way they perceive it and be like they you know maybe they they see someone on the street and it's a dad like yelling at a a kid or something right and and it triggers some of those memories they can realize you know what you know there's that father may have stuff going on you know he he, he may be he may be doing the best he can but it's i'm not going to let it harm me because I understand that it's not my fault. You know, it's not something I, I, uh, should make myself feel bad about. And it's something that I've learned why it happened and how I can move forward. Um, and for me personally, like through, um, uh, using those drugs in the past, I've been able to be able to change my perspective in almost anything it's like you can either look at the world through the lens of oh like screw the world america's going to the crapper our environment's going to the crapper like all you can always look at the negative aspect or you can learn that twisting and looking at more of the positive perspectives in life will not only make you happier um but will help you grow as a person a hundred percent yeah and like i think i think another kind of example um of that is like it's so easy to just feel this total sense of clarity um or to have this big realization and be like oh wow this person or like a really bright and so you come out of the experience and like you said you're like now i've changed my perspective but to hold on to that perspective like you might still we, like we might still need to do work which might be you know like meditation or other forms of therapy or different exercises that it's like here's how i'm like really driving home what i just tapped into yeah because it becomes ingrained over time especially if it's something that really shook you uh it's it's something that's always in your mind and just like it took time for it to get ingrained in your mind it will take time for you to change those patterns change those patterns of thought change the way you react to things um but eventually you will come to a point where it'll become second nature right um and that and that's what what healing is about it's about 
being able to experience it for yourself, go through it, learn for yourself, not just pop a pill and forget about it. A hundred percent. Yeah. And like, I mean, another example is sometimes we have like a really powerful psychedelic experience and then we forget a lot of what happened or like we, we, it was like so dreamlike and otherworldly that we're like, holy crap, I don't actually understand everything about what happened. And I had this vision of like, you know, my, my, my dad or, you know, uh, like some kind of crazy event happening. And like, I know that was meaningful to me, but how is it meaningful? And like, you, you don't just drop back into another psychedelic experience to figure that out. Um, you like go and you sit and you think about it and you're like, okay, what is my brain trying to tell me through this powerful experience? So yeah, like there's a ton of different forms of integration, but ultimately it's like the psychedelic opens the window into the mind and then you do the work to go through that window and like live outside after your experience is done. And my, my favorite part about any sort of thing that kind of alters your perspective being marijuana or psilocybin is that you've lived life so long in this one perspective. It's so refreshing, you know, to, to, to be able to look at it in a different light uh, because society has really trained us to look at things and observe things and move along a certain path. And it's um, everyone is so... Uh, so unique and it's something that you will learn to embrace uh, through these sort of experiences. Yeah, man, 100%. They, they help you realize who you are when, uh, when done correctly. Exactly. So you also are uh, a working man. Um, so tell me a little bit about the, the company you work for and, and what you do for a living. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so the company that I work for is called MindLeap Health, and it's really focused on exactly what we're talking about, which is connecting people with integration specialists. So over the past 10 months, we've basically built this platform um, that people can access via a mobile app. And there's about 30 mental health specialists who are trained integration um, specialists. So a lot of them are therapists. A lot of them have backgrounds in as like a master's or PhD, um, like have a master's or PhD level education and have gone through like different training courses. Uh, there are a few out there like psychedelic support, CIIS, uh, MAPS has an integration course. And basically, um, yeah, like these people can help you to process your psychedelic experience similar to what we we're just talking about um, and so we launched the platform about two weeks ago and uh yeah like it, it's it's been super exciting we're getting a lot of really good feedback um, and then as far as my role within the company well i'm called head of digital um, but what that means is essentially that i'm the head of marketing so i um design a lot of our marketing materials. I manage the team who creates everything and uh, just make sure that like we're really engaging with people in the right way and, and building a brand that people can trust and relate to. Yeah, and it's, it's so easy to 
build a brand around something like that that has such good results, right? Um, the the best way is word of mouth, is you have some someone that that deals with it and they say, wow, like that was incredible. And then they tell their friend, right? And they go, wow, that was incredible. And next thing you know, it's it's it it becomes trendy. Yeah, yeah. Word of mouth is is really important and stuff like this. Um, it's I, it's not as easy as you might think as far as psychedelics, because on the one hand, there are a lot of people who are really excited by this, but on the other, you, it's like a very new industry. Psychedelics are still illegal in Canada. Um, and ultimately like you have to really tell people that what they're doing is not illegal by working with an integration coach to talk about a past experience. Um, and to say, like, this is a brand that you can trust and that will provide you with results. So, um, at, like, at the moment, one of our big focuses is getting testimonials from people to tell their story and explain, like, this is why this worked for me and this is how it can be valuable for you as well. Yeah, that that is incredible. And and you guys are at the front front lines. And whenever you're at the front lines, you have to go through a couple trenches. Um, but with <laughs> with with that, there's always... Uh, a bigger reward at the end if if you're successful and it's it, I think personally it's a it's a very moral industry to be in you know some people like to put a bad name on hard businesses or on big sales or marketing and the way they just try to manipulate you um, but you're actually selling something that can help people and can get them off these nasty pharmaceutical drugs that are just really not helping very much and just keeping them above water. Um, And I think the big thing is it's about finding a conclusion, actually getting to the root of the problem. And I think that is so important for anyone trying to be happier or to get over a past experience. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say everyone has their own kind of story and um, a way of getting to that sort of like feeling of completeness um, or closure. And I would say that something like an SSRI, an antidepressant, can have its place. Um, you know, like if people are in a bad place and they need something to just get them through the day because they can't afford psychedelics or they're not comfortable or whatever, like they can be helpful um at you know temporarily reducing people's symptoms but i totally agree like it's it's not the the proper final solution and um, i would say that like for most people it's you know it can just work and i've had friends say i started taking this and now like i feel like my old self again and i don't need anything else and that's awesome but for a lot of people it's not sustainable um or it'll have side effects or what have you so yeah, or the story. Everyone kind of has their own experience and journey, and where psychedelics and or um, antidepressants fit in is, you know, it's it's theirs to determine. And that's what's nice about having a very educated person help you through it, uh, so you're not alone. Um, because a lot of people out there do feel like they're alone uh, with their mind and with their ideas, and they may feel embarrassed just opening up or talking about it because they say like the the big one is they think well there's so many other people going through worse things who am i to 
say I'm feeling like crap, you know, and it's, it's okay to feel like crap, um, because it's more common than, than you think. And it's something that, um, you might as well try to try to tackle because we do live in a society where there is a lot of stress. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on. Um, and personally, I think, uh, once everyone becomes more familiar uh, with being happy or changing their perspective and ways to be more happy, it will benefit society in a, in a wonderful way. hundred percent. Yeah. And like, there's two things that you touched on there that I want to point out. One is that like people are, it's, it's kind of crazy and I've been there, but there's a lot of people who live in like a perpetual state of anxiety, even if it's like a subtle anxiety, like just, you know, a little bit of tension that they carry with them. It's become like so normalized for, um, for people to have this and like not even think about it because we're just told, we're not told to pay attention to it. And like, there is this big uh, shift, like a huge shift towards mindfulness that's happened in the past, whatever, let's say like 10 years or 20 years um, or longer. I, should be the one to say that that timeline but uh you get my point yeah um but yeah like like yeah it's really i guess it's just for me it's like a bit sad that we're so conditioned to think that it's normal feeling just all the time um and then the other thing that you mentioned there is like the the sort of the adoption and getting used to this um i think it's going to be like a number of years before this is like truly a normalized thing that the stigma is completely gone and people are really comfortable not comfortable with psychedelics um to say that like it's a standard treatment tons of people do it it's fine um but the, you know these things take time and, and i'm sure we'll get there yeah and and it's and um there's it always depends as well with who's who's in power in politics uh because you know so, some some people are very traditional uh, and they 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 still fear uh, what they don't really understand. So uh, I think the biggest thing is the information uh, and doing doing tests and doing all these studies to really show that um, what the results can be. Uh, because at the end of the day, uh, you can't argue with science. Well, at least most people will say you can't <laughs> argue with science. Um, and it's, uh, it's, I'm honestly, I'm super excited. I am super excited for what is to come, uh, especially for us as we become adults. Uh, um, because like, especially with kids and, and younger ages, there's so much anxiety just from social media, you know, just from wanting to look good, you know, putting on a filter, like, oh, someone commented that I look kind of weird. And then you get all depressed and it's, from from when I was in grade eight, grade nine, the amount of anxiety and social pressures has skyrocketed, uh, and it's it can cause major depression and and even young young kids and and suicide and getting admitted to hospitals has gone up in a, an incredible amount just because of all these social pressures. Yeah, it's a weird time, um, like. Uh, if you have a kid today, there's just like more, it just amplifies like social media, it just amplifies the ability for us to like get 
attacked and put put out there and from a young age people like start getting conditioned that this is how they gain their sense of self um so yeah and it like totally messes with a lot of kids and it there's like these um interesting i don't know like schools of thought around technology as an extension of the self um that yeah like there's some really great researcher like sherry turkle who talks about this um but essentially like over the past 30 years we've like slowly been coming to see our technology as an extension of who we are as a part of ourselves and like a lot of it is just we're not conscious of the fact that like we we gain our sense of identity from our smartphones and like from social media yeah and and a lot of people think that uh when when they say technology is gonna or artificial intelligence is gonna just destroy the world um they think of it more as the terminator and robots coming in and killing everybody but really it's the artificial intelligence working behind the scenes of of facebook or instagram and uh telling you what you want to hear instead of telling you what the actual truth is um and it's it it i do think it is harmful on on the mind and on and on mental health in general yeah yeah i I totally hear what you're saying um i think there's yeah there's like so many scenarios where machine learning or artificial intelligence for like potentially just destroys who we are i do think that like right now the bigger picture is just that technology is creeping up on us without us acknowledging the consequences and it's causing us to like act without thinking to be like robots who react without um, considering like our our state there's a really good book on this by uh two guys one of them is adam adam greenfield i don't know the other one's name but uh it's called re-engineering humanity and it's they're like two academics i think from england who um who are just writing about like all of these examples of how technology is turning us into like drones that just don't think and uh and who like are just I don't, like interbreeding with technology essentially and so it's this like terminator scenario but at a really like um current and like well thought out way where you they're not even projecting into the future they're just saying like this is literally how it is right now yeah and it's obviously there's a place for social media and and all these things but the major thing is actually understanding and being educated on what it can do right um it's just like any experience you you need to understand what it can do and what it what it uh how it may affect you and it makes it a lot easier to use it uh, without getting negatively affected. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, I, I relate exactly to what you're saying. For myself, something that I, um, over the past couple of years, experienced is, like, there's been times where I'm like, I'm not going to use social media at all because of these, like, negative effects. Uh, but recently, I've kind of found this uh, this, like, harmony with social media where, um, I'm not using it to get a sense of validation. I'm just using it to connect with people who like otherwise wouldn't and to share beautiful stories and photos. Like I'm on a hike, check out this beautiful thing. And like, yeah, I'm not doing it to be like, aren't I cool? 
tell me I'm cool. I'm just like, I would like to share this moment. And and that just comes with education. That's really what it is, is, is you understand um, what it can do. And you've shifted you, your perspective to be able to use it in a safe manner. Um, and like right now, I'm actually doing a little dopamine detox from from my social media. And I find that I, I like it. But at the same time, it's it's nice to have a digital photo album, you know, of all my past memories and be able to see what my friends are up to and what they're doing. Um, but before I would I would look at it as more as, oh, they're doing something and I'm not right. Um, but now I look at it more as they're having fun. It's awesome. My friend's having fun. Um, and that just comes with a little shift of perspective. Yeah. Yeah, like ultimately, I think it's just about being mindful and thinking before we react. Exactly. So our podcast is going to come to an end here. So if you would just like to shout out your company um, and whoever you would like to shout out around you um, at the end here, uh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, for sure. the company that I work for is called MindLeap Health, um, and you can access it from from anywhere, uh, no matter what country you're living in. Um, yeah, and I would also just like say thanks to you, man. This is this has been a really cool experience, and um, I hope it's open that it opens doors for people to to explore like psychedelics and technology and all the other great things that that we chatted about. Yeah, I, I appreciate you coming out. Um, it's always nice to have a friend of mine on on my podcast to talk about something that I, I also also am fascinated about. Um, and I hope all goes well with everything and, and I'll see you soon. Social distancing, of course, maybe on a <laughs> patio or something. And uh, and yeah, keep 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 the good vibes flowing, my man. Thanks, brother. Um, and- yeah, all the best. And have a good one. Peace out. All right.